Tony, what would you say, kind of based on your experience, how does a recession economically affect the insurance industry specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, so again, full disclosure, um, I'll give you my opinion, and I'm sure there are others listening to this that are way longer tenured in the business that may have a different or better insight. But if you break it down to like brass tacks, right, because a lot of a lot of our listeners are, are starting agencies or thinking about it yeah. or things like that. So maybe maybe not as much history or no history, right, in the property and casualty. So auto, home, business, like that type of uh, insurance. Insurance is a direct function of the economy, right? Because everything that we have, asset and liability, buildings, boats, trucks, uh, you know, products, houses, cars, all of it is workers' compensation insurance, general liability for lawsuit protection, like all these things, they're directly connected to the economy, right? And the economy doesn't function without insurance because it's a risk transfer mechanism. That is why insurance is so integral. And you had, we were chatting right before we came on about like, is, is insurance recession-proof? Nothing is recession-proof because, and, and, but- the difference in like volatility, um, mm -hmm. which COVID injected a whole bunch of volatility. We talked about that maybe or maybe not later, but into the insurance world. But when you think about it, like if the in whether the economic cycle and and what we call a hard market cycle where rates are going up and underwriting is really tight, like capacity is less, meaning mm -hmm. carriers want to write less business. Um, and they want to write it at a higher price. That's a hard cycle. Soft is when carriers are making money and, you know, everybody's competing for business. So prices are dropping and new companies want to write more business. And so you have just tons of options, right? And, and, mm -hmm. and that can go, that kind of cycles up and down. That doesn't necessarily overlay specifically right on top of an economic recession or an expansion. because for example, hurricanes were still hitting Florida, mm -hmm. and Florida still has massive legal system issues and all kinds of issues that are specific to Florida. The anybody that knows anything about Florida, which I I only pretend to know a teeny bit from <laughs> what I've read, it's it's a really tough environment. Well, mm -hmm. we've had an amazing economy for the last 10 years. Well, kind of the last five. Yeah. Forget COVID. But that Florida economically has been doing great, but it still has the pressures of the insurance market still losing money, right? Because of hurricanes and things. So that's where there's a difference between the economic cycle and right. the underwriting cycle for profit or loss for insurance companies. Mm -hmm. So I think to, to try to keep this a little brief. So with that kind of thinking, we look, all signs are pointing towards going into we've technically in a recession we've had two negative prints of gdp but with the rate with the rate that interest rates have risen mm -hmm. that's slowing 
home purchases, refi is gone, basically. That's slowing home purchases down. When you buy a house, you usually fix it up a little bit when you're moving in or you buy some furniture. All that ancillary stuff that goes around home, new home purchases or refi, um, all of that directly impacts the economy, right? And it directly impacts all of us as insurance agents, right? Um, right, right. Because sure. we're we're writing a little less business if the painter has fewer jobs or whatever. Um, but good point. Honestly, I've never thought of that too. Like with the house being purchased, on top of that, there's also construction, painters, electricians, plumbers, all the contractor world is also getting affected by that too, because there's less. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Big time, dude. And and you know, one of the things we had talked about with the recession about 08, like 0809, right? The what we call the GFC, the Great Financial Crisis. Um, that was different. You know, the housing market's in a much stronger position financially, like borrowers, right mm -hmm. now than they were back in the day because lending was going crazy, standards were going crazy. But what was happening back then is like. I mean, you know, people were writing 100, 150, 200 new policies a month for homeowners right. back in like 06, 07. And then everything collapsed. And you and and we watched like, so this goes back to your question about is it recession proof? Yes. I vividly remember this, dude. One of our agents was mm -hmm. like, we're in the wrong business. I, I'm these two mortgage guys that are referring all this business are buying like Mercedes and they're buying like second and third houses. And I'm like, dude, I said, you know, I told this agent, I'm like, I said, the bigger the boom, the bigger the bust. And, and all our business is a residual income business, which mm. is the power of the business, right? Mm. New business is the lifeblood, but renewal is really the power of the business. So what happened? All those folks are gone, bankrupt, lost their houses, lost it all back back when everything imploded in 2008. But we we were just sitting here chugging along, and yes, our new business dropped right tremendously, mm -hmm. and that will have an impact, right? But it's not a one to one correlation because each line of business, personal, commercial lines, and then within the segments of that, mm -hmm. get impacted differently at different times depending on what's going on within the, within wherever you live in your right. state. And then also, you know, just generally kind of the trends and of the economy within specific things. Right. I don't know if that answered the question or not, but. It's very, no, no, it's, it's insightful for sure. I think um, people that are like fairly new to the industry, like I remember specifically hearing you talking about hardening and softening of markets made zero sense to me when I first started, especially because independent world is different than you know captive world like just working at farmers or state farm or all state those are you know you get what they get and they're underwriting and that's it you know right. versus here on the independent side we work with uh, you know a variety of different companies that they may be even in different places within their own little hardening and, and softening which is another interesting point because if there's like multiple layers to this too it's not just that's um, actually something I, I would love to just comment on real quick yeah, for sure. Because now, now, guys, anybody that's listening or watching, sorry, this is going to be California specific for a yeah. bit, but yeah. um, but it also applies to other states. Okay, mm -hmm. 
in in normal so in what's happened for us guys in california is that in the last 28 months or so give or take our the department of insurance kind of paused on doing the rate filing reviews and approval process for the insurance companies right for auto and home and and they had their reasons for that and i don't i don't how know how long they did they pause tony do you know it's it's been two and a half over two and a half years. So like I was just telling you um, before we came on, right? Allstate just yeah. got their, their approval, first one to get approved. Yeah. It was at the end of last month. The the It was March, February or March of 2020. Yeah, so wow. think about this. Think about this, guys. Like if, if you are selling pizza for 12 bucks and this is again, California specific issue. Um, but if you're selling pizza for 12 bucks, it used to cost you four bucks for cheese per pound. Now it's 18, except you're still forced to sell $12 pizza. How long are you going to answer the phone? How long are you going to open, keep the front door open for customers to walk in to buy mispriced pizza? You're not. That's why Geico kind of, I think yeah. a big reason why Geico shut down their offices in California and things like that. They need to slow down the mispriced pizza sales. So um, that's, a, that's another thing I want to ask you, Tony, because slowing down is the hardening. So yeah. that's something I don't fully understand. This is a good question for, for myself, a selfish question. Why does slowing it down and keeping the rates higher allow them to control their, their I guess, bleeding? So um, I'm going to go back to the pizza analogy. Yeah. Um, if we know that our cheese costs four bucks mm -hmm. at one point, now it's costing 18, but mm -hmm. we're having to sell our pizza for at 2020 rates, right? Mm. We're having to sell the auto insurance at 2020 rates, $12 pizza. Okay. In that analogy, we know exactly what the cheese cost. Right. If I write you a, a $500,000 auto policy and I put a million dollar umbrella policy on top of it, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're going to go hit and kill somebody tomorrow or never. Yeah. I don't know my cost of goods sold. Like right. I, I know the total potential cost, okay. but I don't really know what it's really going to cost. But what I, so, so the issue, right. Is like for carriers, this is again, my opinion. I'm not a, not a carrier dude. Um, I've been on the agent side my whole, my whole career, but from what little I know and what I think I know, what happens is if if you write a new policy, mm -hmm. right, you don't really know the profile of what that client's like. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, historically in the industry, new business runs a higher loss ratio, right? Has, has more claims historically than renewal business. Sure. So when you're writing a new policy, um, not only are you taking on a risk that you're not exactly sure how that client's going to perform, Mm -hmm. Um, if you're in a situation where, you know, like we are in California, where the rate need because of the lost trends of inflation and labor and costs of vehicles or whatever is up here, up higher, but you know, that you're being forced to write insurance mm -hmm. at a lower price, you're going to say, we want to slow that down, right? We don't want to sell the $12 pizza. And when you do that, then the business that you currently have on the books, mm -hmm. your premiums are earning through, you know, maybe 
you're figuring out, oh, hey, Chris said that he drove 5,000 miles on his policy during COVID, but he hasn't. We've just validated uh, his mileage. Dude, it just and, clicked. And, but he actually drives, he's actually driving again, like 17,000 miles based on the Carfax when we did his renewal. It just clicked. Yeah. And so the ability to kind of underwrite and, and go through your existing without taking on a bunch of mispriced mm -hmm. business mm -hmm. up front. Um, I think the key there, Tony, was that the new business is the most risky for insurance carriers because it is that, yeah, that, that explains so much because yeah, going through a renewal, you can see their mileage. They went and got a smog check. Now they got updated on the mileage. Now we really know it starts to catch up. And then also it gives, it buys kind of the carrier a little bit of time also until stuff catches back up. Am I right? Is that kind of also yeah. like you're buying time a little bit or? Yeah, because, and so what's, what's happened here in California though, is, is because we haven't had um, rate approvals, right? Mm -hmm. What's ended up happening is that the existing book of business has become mm -hmm. deficient in rate. Again, I, you know, there are other people in the world that could be way more technical and, and better than me at explaining it. But, uh -huh. but, but my view or my opinion is that that existing book of business basically became kind of subject to all these inflationary trends. The thing you got to keep in mind too is inflation is brutal for insurance companies. Why? Well, think about your accounting in your agency. You have assets, you have liabilities, right? Yep. The insurance company has liabilities. They have to pay claims, right? They have exposure, right? When they, if they write Chris and Tony's auto and home policies, whatever, okay, we now have that, that exposure on our books, but we're getting the premium and we're taking the premium and we're going to invest a portion of that, right? We're going to build our reserves and our investment portfolios. But now that Chris's house catches on fire and has to be rebuilt, mm -hmm. that's going to cost maybe 20, 30% more than what it did three years ago.